This ESPN Chicago podcast is presented by 19 Crimes Wine. It's Bleck and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2, and the ESPN Chicago app. Also, you can watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. You know what today is. It is Friday. It gets weird. It gets funky. It gets wild. It is an all Calls Welcome Friday, presented by the Chicago Hounds, Chicago's new professional rugby team. Whatever's on your mind, send it our way here on ESPN 1000. We'll talk about it with you at 312-332-3776. You want to talk Super Bowl? You want to talk anything you saw with the Bulls last night? Or if you just want to get weird, we can do that as well. We're going to do that for you here on Black and Abdallah tonight. 312-332-3776. All right. So it is Super Bowl week. Lots and lots to get to on it. You know, this Super Bowl is one of the matchups that I've really been looking forward to this whole season. You know, there's some Super Bowl matchups where you get uh, a taste of it or at least some sort of similar type of game early on in the season. But we haven't really gotten one that quite mimics this Eagles versus Chiefs matchup here, right? The Eagles haven't really gone up against a team as good as the Kansas City Chiefs. I think part of that factors into the division that they play in. Another part of that factors into just where they were in the standings from a season ago. So they haven't been able to get that sort of top-level matchup, play against that super elite team. And also part of it, too, is the fact that some of the teams that they did play this year just turned out to not be as good as you maybe would have thought they would have been. That's just the nature of the beast when you are factoring in the NFL schedule. Some teams overachieve, some teams underachieve. So that's where it looks like on the the Eagles side of things. On the Chiefs side of things, they haven't gone up against a running quarterback very often this year. The only one that they've faced this season is Josh Allen, which in today's landscape of the NFL, little surprising. There's a ton of running quarterbacks out there that are starting to use their their legs as a part of how you you gear up and how you play the quarterback position. And when you factor both of those two things in, I think it's going to make for a fantastic game coming up this weekend on Sunday out in Arizona. So, I want to I'm a little bit later on in the show I'm going to get to a couple of storylines that I don't think are being talked about nearly enough for this upcoming Super Bowl because we've heard so many different things, right? There's been all the talk of, all right, we got Mahomes and Hurts. We've got these two awesome offenses duking it out here. We've got, oh, here's the Kelsey brothers, right? The Kelsey brothers facing off in the Super Bowl. Maybe the best brother combination. You could be looking at two Hall of Famers in the same family here um, and squaring off in a, in a Super Bowl. You've also got the fact that Andy Reid going up against his former team, the team that let him go, team that he took to the Super Bowl but didn't win the big one there, and now he's going up against the old Eagles team that he used to be the head man of. And on the other side, Nick Sirianni, he's a guy who used to coach for the Chiefs and was actually let go by 
Andy Reid. He was not retained when Reid took over for the Chiefs, and he was forced to find work elsewhere. But I'm going to get into three of the things that I don't think are being talked about enough for as a couple of storylines for each team. We'll also do some gambling stuff a little bit later on. I've got five long-shot bets that I think are worth taking a risk on this Super Bowl. So we'll do that in a little bit. But the other thing I want to talk to about is this and it, and how it relates to the Chicago Bears. You know, we've seen Justin Fields go around. He's making the rounds on, on Radio Row talking about how, oh, what are the Bears going to do if they do uh, draft a quarterback? Have you been briefed on that? What do you how do you feel about the rumors that, hey, maybe you get traded as a result of the Bears having the number one overall pick? But I look at this matchup. And I say to myself, does this matchup make you more or less optimistic about the Bears making a Super Bowl in the next three years? Because right now, the next three years, all right, that's the, the end of the rookie contract for Justin Fields, including a fifth-year option if it is indeed picked up by the Bears. Um, but does this Super Bowl matchup make you feel more or less optimistic about the Bears making the Super Bowl in the next three years? I want to hear from you. 312-332-3776. And to me, I think it kind of tugs at, at two different sides here, all right? You've got one side that says, all right, when you look at the, the Eagles, that's a team that has a quarterback that took a giant second leap when there were assets around them, when they surrounded the roster and flushed it with more talent. So if the Bears can just kind of duplicate that, then maybe things get a little bit easier for Justin Fields and he can show you how good he truly can be at the quarterback position. Then on the other side of things, you look at the Chiefs and you can say, well, this offense is far as hell from getting to that level over there. I mean, you've got a guy in Patrick Mahomes who the second he was placed on a football field took the league by storm and showed that, boom, right away, instant impact. It's kind of the, the the minute macaroni right there, right? The second that he got into the action, he showed that he was an elite-level talent. So there's two different ways to construct the team, especially at the quarterback position. I think that's where everything sort of boils down to when you're talking about the Bears. One side, there was a lot more development involved. The other side... They took the fast path with the quarterback and pretty much were a force in the playoffs the second that their quarterback took the reins and took over that franchise. But does that make you feel more or less optimistic about the Bears entering this sort of championship window here? And I think it makes me a little bit more optimistic. And here's why. When you look at both of these teams and the moves that were made, what's been the big knock on on running quarterbacks, right? Oh, the running quarterback cannot win the Super Bowl. They can't get to the Super Bowl. They they fizzle out when you get to the playoffs, and they're a prime candidate to be an early falter in the NFL playoffs. Well, we see now, Jalen Hurts, not only did he get into the playoffs, but he cruised through the playoffs too. Cruise, And he didn't have to do it with a lot of his arm either. He didn't have to because of the fact that his team got out to a big lead and they established themselves with a running game as well. And this Bears team boasting the number one rushing offense in the entire league this year, I think, was something that not a lot of Bears fans anticipated. But it's something that, given Justin Fields' big playability, something that could potentially be replicated. On top of that, you've got a... I mean, the, just the, the way that... 
running backs are kind of cycled through, it doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot whether or not you have a stud back there. I don't think anyone would classify David Montgomery or Khalil Herbert or whoever else ended up getting some touches, Darrington Evans a little bit this year, Tristan Ebner. We never would have classified those guys as some sort of stud on this Bears offense at the running back position. So could the Bears replicate being an elite-level rushing attack team? Certainly. And we saw that Jalen Hurts, being the running quarterback that he is, certainly helped that team go out and bring their way to the Super Bowl. On the other side with the Chiefs, too, that's a team that has spent some money in some important spots. When you look at what the Chiefs have done, especially on the offensive line, they've drafted well and they've also spent well to go out and make sure that that front five is good enough to keep their quarterback as healthy as possible moving forward. And they've done a really good job of that. And going out and getting those pieces, like you think of an Orlando Brown, and re-signing some of these pieces. Orlando Brown's going to be up this year, too. So we'll see what happens in that regard as well. But I think the other common thread here between these two teams and this Super Bowl matchup is what sits in the front office. You look at Ryan Poles on one side, coming over from Kansas City. A step below him, assistant GM Ian Cunningham, coming over from Philadelphia. When you kind of put all that together there, now you've got one side, the, the AFC winner and the NFC winner, and those that's part of the brain trust now that's inside of Hallis Hall that's in charge of building this thing up for the future. Now, who knows how long some of it's going to last. Ian Cunningham was a guy who got some looks as a GM this year. He was offered the job in Arizona and ultimately turned it down. But this is something that you've got at least the brain trust. It's off the tree of championship caliber franchises right now. And that's why I feel a lot better about the Chicago Bears team getting to a Super Bowl in the next three years over the lifespan of Justin Fields' rookie contract. And part of that is the fact that Justin Fields is on a rookie contract. And we know how beneficial that can be to team building. So what do you think? 312-332-3776. Does the Super Bowl matchup, Eagles and Chiefs, seeing what you see right now in the Super Bowl for this upcoming weekend make you feel more or less confident in the Bears getting to the Super Bowl in the next three years. 312-332-3776. It's also an all-calls welcome Friday, presented by the Chicago Hounds, Chicago's new professional rugby team. So if you want to talk Bears, you want to talk Bulls, you want to talk Super Bowl, or you just want to get weird, we're here for you on Bleck and Abdallah on ESPN 1000. We'll take all your calls coming up next here on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Welcome to Dollar on ESP 
ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2, and the ESPN Chicago app. Shout out to everyone watching on Twitch as well. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Black and Abdallah have the night off. They were in earlier today for Greeny from 10 to noon. If you missed any of that, be sure to check out the Black and Abdallah podcast wherever you get your podcast. 312-332-3776. We want to hear from you on this All Calls Welcome Friday. Uh, it's all brought to you by the Chicago Hounds, Chicago's new professional rugby team. 312-332-3776. Tio is in Elgin. What's going on, Tio? Hey, Tyler. How you doing? Good. What you got for us tonight? So uh, yesterday you mentioned about you were trying to get like a, a turtle pet. Yes. When you were, mm-hmm. Back when I was in so college. Wanna, yep. Yeah. So I was in a, a story when I was like nine years old. Um, I bought a turtle for my sister. Mm-hmm. And we, she had like a background, uh, backyard. And uh, she used to live there for one year. And then after one year, we lost the turtle. We couldn't oh, no. find it. Uh-huh. So after 15 years later, my sister started building a, a pool in the backyard, uh-huh. and they found it under the ground. It was still alive. It was the exact turtle? Yeah. How, how, okay, so how could you tell that it was the same because, turtle? Because uh, 15... my sister put, like, colors in, you know, the, the, like, different colors in the... On the shell? Yes. It was, like, you know, oh. some color, like, red, blue. I'm and, surprised uh, the, the paint or whatever she put on there lasted that long. Yeah, I was, we were surprised because, like, uh, like we said, we've, after 15 years, they, she stopped doing the, the the pool. We found it, it was still alive. Wow. So, what would they? What did she do with it after? Did she take uh, it back in or just let it? You no, know, she thinks she still keep it, and then I think finally, she, I think it died, like oh. maybe five years later. Wow. I love nature. Amazing, amazing yeah. nature story there. Appreciate it, Tio. That's a great Thanks story. For my comment. Have a nice weekend. Yep, you too. Have a good weekend, Tio. That's Tio and Elgin. 312-332-3776. As we talk about anything here on this All Calls Welcome Friday, presented by the Chicago Hounds, Chicago's new professional rugby team. Chase is on the south side. Chase, what's going on? Yo, Tyler, what's happening, bro? What up, Chase? What's happening, bro? What's How happening? How you doing tonight, man? I'm good, man. Nothing. What you got for us tonight? How you doing? I'm all right, man. Just, you know, just chilling, man. It don't be day weekend, so ain't really doing too much. Nice, nice. What you got for yeah, us? But, uh, um, yeah, I kind of wanted to talk about the Bulls, man. Um, You know, I was just, I'm still fuming over, the, you know, and especially with worse was that game last night. I mean, that was just awful. I mean, it, it's just, you know, I think this, the Bulls, right, this Bulls team kind of sort of, it's starting to remind me of the Bears three years ago, you know, where it was like, you remember how the Bears three or four years ago when it was on the right pace and naggy and it was like there was no direction. It was just feel like this organization was just lost. Like it kind of felt like they were a Nate kind of like football. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and don't you kind of get that same feeling with the, with the bulls kind of like, you remember after the 20 was at the 2020, 21 season when, um, uh, uh, George got up on there. He was talking about uh, uh, Ryan and Matt, our football guys. And mm-hmm. was like, have we gotten a quarterback position right? No. Right. Have we won the game? No. Everything else was there. We wanted all the guys fired. And how you, you remember how irritated and mad the whole fan base was and how they was just so distraught. And and they kind of feel like the Bulls are starting to trend down in that direction now. Like, they're starting to become the new bears of this 
of this city now where people are just so apathetic with this fan, with this team. It's just, it's just, it's just like there's no hope, there's no direction, no plan. It's just, it's just depressing. You know, I'm almost to the point where I'm about ready to find a new team to root for Ooh, now. That's, really? Like, yeah, yes. Like, I've done it before. Like, when when they broke up the Bulls back in the 90s, I don't know how, you know, I know you're young, so I don't know how far you mm-hmm. go back to when they broke up the old Bulls when Jordan. Yeah, I was, I was one. A Laker, yeah, I was a Lakers fan. Like, I was I, I was a Lakers fan. Like, I was a fan of the Lakers team that when they had Kobe and Shaq and, and – uh, and Derek Fisher and them, I was rude. That was my new team. Like I was a Laker fan for four years because the Bulls were so bad, and I was. It was just so done. And I'm at the point where I'm almost about ready to find a new team to root for. Like I'm almost point. Should I be a Milwaukee Bucks fan? Or I mean, I hate oh, talking like that. that. But I'm just saying, like I hate, I hate being like that because I love this team. I've been a Bulls fan since I was four or five years old. I've always, I mean, I believe. Red and black, you know. I, I mean, I love the Bulls, but the Bears and the Bulls are my two favorite teams in Chicago. But it's just, it's bad. I mean, it's just no hope. And then, you know, when you look at this team, you know, you look at and see who who's developing. I mean, they they don't have anybody that you say, okay, that guy I'm excited about. You know, who who's the guy right now? Can you say, okay, I'm excited for that play? I remember. I don't know if it was you or somebody brought up a thing about who has the worst future of young players. Yeah, yeah, you brought that stat up, right, about the young players, like who, who has the brightest future as far as the young talent around the NBA. I think you said the Bulls have the worst, well, the worst team. They're in the worst situation of any team, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's just bad, though, man. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. But um, just to switch to the Bears, though, I mean, the Bears can to get there, and I am a little confident, but we have to see what they do as far as the draft and free agency because once we get an idea of what they do in free agency through the draft, then we'll get a better idea of where this franchise is headed because I think with the right moves, they can be that team that come out of no, not maybe not get to the Super Bowl, but at least compete for a playoff spot. You know what I mean? Be, you know, be kind of like, they'd be kind of like this year, next year's version of the Jaguars or the Giants, you know, just, you know, the team that just, you know, that up, up and young, up and coming team. So, yeah. But uh, that's all I got for you, Solomon. You have a good weekend. You right, have man. a good Keep weekend safe. as well, Chase. Appreciate it. That's right. Chase on the South Side there. It's Friday. It's Friday. We get to talk to all the fun people on Friday here. 312 332 3776. It's an all calls welcome Friday presented by the Chicago Hounds, Chicago's new professional rugby team. Tony is in Oswego. What's going on, Tony? Hey, can you hear me? Yep, I got you, Tony. Yeah, I played football in high school and college. All the, right, the credentials I, check. I haven't now. It's not that impressive, to be honest. But the one thing I haven't been able to understand: everybody's bragging about how Miami went out and got a left tackle for a, a left-handed quarterback. They got the best left tackle in the mm-hmm. league, but you got a left-handed quarterback that's gonna, I doubt, roll that way. So, what are we looking for? Like, what, I mean, I don't. I don't think that's equipped to put it, put us in a good position. If we're, uh, if you're a right-handed team, mm-hmm. obviously our quarterback's right-handed. 
you need a left tackle. Why, did, why, why is it so impressive that they went out and got a left tackle for well, a left-handed quarterback I believe, who's not going to roll that way? I believe they moved him over to right tackle. Are you talking about Tron Armstead? Yeah. The one from the Saints. I believe they moved him over to right tackle. He, he spent a little time at both spots, I think, over the course of the year. Um, I think when they had uh, Skylar Thompson in, he would move to left tackle. And then when Tua was in, he would move to right. I could be wrong on that, but I believe that's what happened. That's fair. I just heard that like probably two months ago, and I, I never understood it. And but it's at least worth a question. Yeah. Well, in terms of in terms of the Bears, I think you're kind of in a nice spot right now where you've got a guy at left tackle in Braxton Jones, who I thought played pretty well this year. Um, he made a lot of all rookie teams from the, at the tackle spot, but he's never been in that sort of professional weight room or professional-ish type weight room that you may get at an Ohio State or an Alabama or like a power conference school because he is from southern Utah. Um, but a, an offseason in a true weight training program may help him and maybe makes him even better at left tackle. Or if he's not good enough to be a true left tackle, then maybe you bump him over to right tackle. So there's, I think, a lot of different areas that you can go. I think you're pretty flexible right now at the tackle spot in terms of if you want to go out and grab a left tackle, go grab one. If you want to go grab a right tackle, go grab a right tackle. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I, I think that would have to drive your decision on what you're going to do in the draft. If you're a left-handed quarterback or if you're a right-handed quarterback, you got you to know that going into it, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate it, Tony. Have a good night. Thanks, you. That's Tony in Oswego. 312-332-3776 on this All Calls Welcome Friday. Uh, Jason is in Naperville. What's up, Jason? Hey, Tyler. What's going on? What's up? What you got for us tonight? Hey, uh, some more Bears talk. Um, you know, wondering wondering why they won't go after, you know, we need a big-name receiver, somebody like D-Hop, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we got all these picks, you know. We can certainly trade, trade down and get a bunch of, of stuff back. But why can't we then maybe turn around and trade one of those picks for a great receiver that we know is probably better than anything they're going to get in the draft? Um, I just don't know if that's something that, you know, I don't know. Is Arizona even willing to listen to offers like that? I guess it depends, right? Yeah. And Jason, I do think that DeAndre Hopkins will probably be moved this offseason. Yeah. they just brought in a new coach, new general manager, and it seems like uh, one of the major pieces of becoming that general manager was, all right, you got to be okay moving on from DeAndre Hopkins, who, like you said, he's, he's a stud, wide out, had a good season this season, despite the fact that he missed six games this year um, because of yep. suspension. But I wouldn't go after Hopkins. He's going to be 30 next season. And if I'm building, I want to build young. And here's why. Like, People talk about the the Eagles or the Dolphins and going out and getting those receivers, right? Those guys are young. A.J. Brown's 25 years old. That's the guy they traded for. Devontae Smith, he was just drafted a year ago, right? Um, The Dolphins, Jalen Waddell, a young guy. Tyreek Hill, when they traded for him, he was 27 years old. So they went out and got younger guys to go build around their young quarterback, And I think that's Mm -hmm. the best way to attack it, where you go out and you build as a team and maybe you put together a core that can be together for seven, ten years as a dynamic wide receiver quarterback duo or, in the case of these two teams, trio. 
Yeah, I feel you there, and I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind that option either. Getting them all young. I just see names that everyone floats out there, like Michael Thomas and Juju Smith, and none of them are as good as D Hop. And you, you're probably going to get enough picks back that you could get a guy like that. I just think it's interesting thought. Yeah. No, for sure. And I think that if the Bears maybe like, I think that a team that's a little bit further along, like if the Bears were in a little further stage. Where, okay, yeah, you can bring in a talented guy who's going to be 31, 32, whatever, and you can make it work that way. But I think that when you've got uh, a young team, I don't think you want to bring in guys who maybe don't see when this team ends up being, or maybe the, the tread's too far on his tires by the time this team's actually really ready to compete and they become more of a liability towards what you're building as opposed to helping you. I think... DeAndre Hopkins feels more like a, a band-aid than the actual full recovery. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. you think they can get both though, a good wide receiver and you know a, a defensive end with maybe a top five or whatever if they trade down there and do both this in this draft? I'd love to see it. I think I, all I mean, Bears you, fans would. Appreciate the phone call, yeah, I mean, Jason. Too. Thanks, Tyler. Have a good one. You too. That's Jason in Naperville. 312-332-3776. We'll take more of your calls coming up next on an All Calls Welcome Friday presented by the Chicago Hounds. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Guys, this Valentine's Day, give her the next best thing to wearing nothing at all with soft, silky, naturally nude pajamas available exclusively at Pajamagram. Sexy, sultry, naturally nude pajamas feel just like her soft skin, even more alluring than lingerie. The texture and touch of these pajamas is so seductive that you'll both love the feel of them. Leave nothing to the imagination with naturally nude pajamas. She'll love the feeling of wearing next to nothing at all. Order today and save 25% when you use the code NUDE. That's 25% savings on a best-selling Valentine's Day gift. Pajamagram will even wrap the whole gift up for free. That's right, 25% off naturally nude pajamas and free gift packaging. Listen, if you missed out on this offer during Christmas, don't make the same mistake twice. Give her naturally nude pajamas. But you need to order today because last year, they sold out before Valentine's Day. It's right around the corner. Here's what you do. Go to pajamagram.com right now. That's pajamagram.com. Use code NUDE, N-U-D-E, and save 25% off your order of naturally nude pajamas. And tell them ESPN Chicago sent you. Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Friday here on Bluck and Abdallah, 312-332-3776. It's presented by the Chicago Hounds, Chicago's new professional rugby team. We want to hear from all of you. We talked a little bit earlier with Tio. He had a great story about his turtle. His turtle went missing, or his sister's turtle, I, I should say, went missing. And then they found it 15 years How? later. How? How did I don't that know. happen? I don't know. I, Turtles live forever. That's why I didn't get one. What did it survive on? Just ingenuity? It survived in the nature. Yeah. In, in right. nature. That was that's nature's right. turtle. <laughs> that was Creature nature. of the wild. That's what turtles are. 312-332-3776. Again, it's brought to you by the Chicago Hounds, Chicago's new professional rugby team. Joe's on 294. What's up, Joe? 
Hey, what's going on? So I got two things. Uh, first is just kind of a piggyback off the last caller. I was totally on with what you were saying. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins to me is like signing Mike Evans or Julio Jones. I yeah. mean, it's kind of a let's just hold the bag of money out the window type of situation, you know. And I think that's uh, a good comp, yeah. <laughs> I think that because uh, me and my buddy were talking, if we could really trade back to get that second spot from the Texans, and then we use that that number two pick to possibly get down to four, we could we would have already built up a lot of uh, a lot of draft picks at that point. But um, my thing is, with Derek Carr leaving, uh, I think Devontae Adams is going to want out. And the Raiders are going to try to reload, and we're going to have everything that they would want to reload on. I think it would be great for him to come back to the Midwest, and I think he would definitely love to come play with Justin Fields. Yeah, here's the one thing, Joe. I don't know if you've seen this. If you go to, and I, these, this isn't gospel, obviously, yeah. but if you go to sports books like FanDuel, they have the Raiders as the favorite to, and like a heavy favorite to be uh, Aaron Rodgers' next destination. And yeah, that's what I've seen too. And I think that that would entice. Devonte Adams to to stay. That'd be enough for him because then you're doing winning. Also, Devonte Adams grew up a Raiders fan as well. I just don't see him asking out. I get that Derek Carr was the reason he wanted in, but, but just don't be- you kind of also think that he with with the way that Rodgers handled the whole situation last time? Don't you think that would kind of turn him off from wanting to play with him again? Well, if you saw some of like I know the, he's a great quarterback, but if you saw some of the Pro Bowl stuff, it kind of felt like he was quasi recruiting him too a little bit to want to play with him. I don't think there's a really? there's friction there. I don't think there is. I think Devontae Adams realizes how good Aaron Rodgers made him and vice versa. I think you saw how good Devontae Adams helped make uh Aaron Rodgers as well. This was a mutually beneficial relationship between quarterback and receiver. Wow. Well, either way, I definitely think that the Bears do need to pick up a, a veteran to help some of these young guys along, just to teach them little things like when your quarterback's scrambling to break off your route, or like and turn up field, or you see him scrambling mm-hmm. to the left, break it off and go left with him, or or cut back across the field if you see him doing his thing in in the middle where he's do, playing his magician game, you know? Yeah. I just feel like that's like a huge thing that a veteran would bring to the team. But, I mean, that's the only reason why I would fish for one. But I wouldn't go out and try to load up on all veterans. I mean, no, yeah, you see what happened with a lot of them this year. They, they, they kind of just fall apart after a while. I think that's a, that's a fair point there, Joe. And, and I appreciate the phone call. You have a good weekend. Um, I, I think that Devontae Adams, that, that's pie in the sky to me. I, I think... I don't think the Raiders are as far off from being a playoff contender as their record may have indicated this year. I think if they found themselves in Aaron Rodgers, all of a sudden that's a team that can go maybe not toe-to-toe with the Chiefs, but they can definitely be a a step below the Chiefs and certainly find themselves in the playoffs as well. 312-332-3776 if you've got a thought as well. Uh, Bob is in Joliet. What's up, Bob? Hi, thanks for taking the call. I think the Bears brass got uh, seduced by the uh, 
um, Eberflus uh, hits principal and they should have hired Dayball. I think they got the wrong coach. So here's my question. When, what, what time frame do, do we start to uh, change the narrative that we have the wrong coach for this team? Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the phone call, Bob. I, I personally still think it's too early to tell on Eberflus. I'm going to make a more definitive evaluation of him next year when hopefully the talent is replenished on the roster. But you look at two of the best players on the team were shipped out. I think there is a lot of, I think there's a lot of potential here with Eberflus, but just, I think he's mature. He's mature for a first-year head coach, and here's why. He was mature enough to realize that even though I ran the show defensively in Indy, I'm going to step aside and I'm going to be the CEO-style coach where everyone sort of gets – I'm taking a step back, and if you have a department, you run that department. Luke Getze, you're going to run the offense. Alan Williams, you're going to run the defense. I'm not going to get bogged down – by learning how to become a head coach while also trying to continue my craft as a defensive play caller as well. So I think that's mature. The second part there is the discipline with this Bears team. They were one of the least penalized teams, and that, for a first-year head coach to impart that sort of culture, I think is a step in the right direction. Now, if next season things start to go a little haywire and we see some clock management issues, we see some challenging deficiencies, we see maybe the discipline wanes a little bit, then I'll start to be on that path right there. But I think for right now, I'm good with Eberflus. I'm going to make a more definitive proclamation on how I feel about him as the head coach of this Bears team next season at the conclusion of the year. Okay, it's Friday. We've got Mitchell in displays. Mitchell, I'm letting you on, but we're not name-calling tonight, all right? What's that? No name-calling tonight. I'm making no, a no, rule, no. all right? We'll be fine. All right. You know, no name-calling, all right? No, no going after Nick, all right? No no name-calling. No, no problem. Nick the Weasel Valentine, you're off the record. Okay, so here's the bottom whoa, line. Okay? Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Is wrestling kidding? name? I'm just, I'm just kidding. Okay, so here's the thing. You, asked, you brought up an interesting point with regards to uh, will the Bears be able to make the Super Bowl in three years? And I'm saying absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Now, with Eberflus, he reminds me from past Bears, Chicago Bears head coaches, like a Jack Hardy, uh, Neil Armstrong, and a Dick Duron. Dick Duron, the latter, would be probably the most because he was a defensive guy. I don't really know like where Eberflus is going. Uh, out of all the coaches that I've seen since 1969, I don't know what he is. I just know that he has all these acronyms and, he, you know, they play hard for him. And you said the discipline factor is important to note. Uh, but in terms of winning, we had a 3-13 and record. Justin Fields throws for 2,246 yards, loses all his divisional games, right? And for those people that think that, oh, it's just the, the offensive line, it's just the, the receivers, uh, Deshaun Watson in 2018, his second season, had the worst offensive line in Houston, Texans history. He throws for 4,186 yards. The difference is that Deshaun Watson is just a better passer. And if the Bears are serious about competing in our division, there's no dialogue, Team Aries, about winning our division. Now, there's a lot of change in transformation. If Rodgers goes to Las Vegas, that's going to shake up everything big time. 
mm-hmm. and there's going to be a lot of movement, and there's going to be a lot of different opportunities, and you've got to look at the percentages, okay? Let me just break it down to you this way. From a quarterback passing, look what we saw with this Purdy guy that went to San Francisco. He comes in, he, you know, he's a, he's a rookie, and he plays like he's been in the league for 15 years, throws on a dime, okay? Justin Fields can never do that, okay? We need to get a guy like Joe, uh, Joe what was his name, uh, Percet. Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett. Oh, we want Jacoby Brissett now. Yeah, well, Joe, he reminds me a lot of Jay Cutler. And he has that rocket arm. He has the talent. He's an amazing quarterback that can throw on a dime. I mean, he's so underrated. And let me tell you this right now. I'm going to end with you on this point. For those that think that the quarterbacks and the Bears that took us to the last Super Bowl, okay, you know who that was? It was Rex Grossman. Mm-hmm. So he leaves the Bears after about six years. He goes to the Texans, no pun intended, and the year after that, he gets actually he gets uh, he signs a free agent deal with the Washington Redskins, where he deals with the Patriarch in Shanahan. Okay, all right. I'm talking mm-hmm. about the Patriarch, and he goes, "Listen, Patriarch, we're going right. to have you do a quarterback competition with this guy I just drafted called John Beck, who's not even in the league anymore." Okay, and he went and basically <laughs> our sex, our what, Rex Grossman, he beats him out in a competition. So getting back to my point about Justin Fields, yeah, well, you're sitting on all these assets with regards to making moves because you actually have, you know, the first pick and everybody's, you know, throwing out all their scenarios. Who could, who, and by the way, you have no control what's, what's going to happen. There's going to be so many changes between now and April or when it goes down. It's going to be, you know, so all these what I call people making these proclamations, you're fired. You know what you're talking oh, about. All right, the we're fact fired. The matter is this. Here's the thing is this. What it all comes down to, the Bears got to focus on winning divisional games in conjunction with finding a passing quarterback that can compete not only in the division, but win the conference. I mean, that's what this is about. And to go back full circle, team, Aries, about do I think the Bears are going to win a Super Bowl with Justin Fields? Absolutely not. Because a Justin Fields slash Uberclues is not exactly what I call equal to what I call the lexicon of the people that are in the Super Bowl right now. When you look at Mahomes, you look at his coach. When you look at, uh, obviously, Jalen Hurts and his coach, there is a symmetry there. There is a, there's, a, there's an intense relationship on not just based on talent, but creativity. They are able to, they, that, that, that chemistry between those two elements produce greatness. Do I see that with Uber Flues and Justin Fields? Not in light years. So that's a good fantasy, a Johnny Appleseed fantasy that you want to talk about. But until the Bears address the following, you've got to find a passer along with – you already got a great running game, right? And make some differences, obviously, with regards to the offensive line, add some receivers. But you've got to get a passer to throw for four or 5,000 yards in a, in a season just to be stay competitive with the NFL League. This is not an indictment on Justin Fields. It's the facts, daddy and that's it's my the, team, Mary. It's the, the bottom, bottom line. line. You have a good weekend, Mitchell. All right, take care. Have a lot of red wine. It's going to be right. cold. Thank you. What happened to Mitchell's wine reviews? I thought that used to be a thing on this show. No more wine reviews, just name-calling it sometimes. 312-332-3776. We will get you a song of the night coming up next on Black and Abdallah. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. 
Black and Abdallah are back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. On FM 100.3 HD2. The ESPN Chicago app and ESPN 1000. Sitting in for Black and Abdallah on this All Calls Welcome Friday, 312-332-3776. If you want to say anything that's on your mind, we'd love to hear it here on Black and Abdallah. The guys were in earlier today for Greeny from 10 to noon. Be sure to check out the podcast of that on the ESPN Chicago app or wherever you get your podcasts. Each night at around 6.50, we bring to you the song of the night. I want to Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. Tonight's song... We go to 2008. Rihanna, Disturbia. It's your song of the night. It's pretty easy. Sometimes you don't need to complicate things. Rihanna's putting on the Super Bowl halftime performance tomorrow. This is my favorite Rihanna song right here. She's got so many bangers. This is the favorite out of all. This of is those? my favorite. I'm shocked. I'm, I'm this shocked. This is my favorite. It's an old, old one. I mean, this song's ooh, almost 15. We're coming up on 15 years for this song. But this is my favorite um, from 2008. I remember. This song was very international, too. I remember hearing this song probably a year or two after it was released. So my aunt and uncle were getting married, uh, and they, they live out in France. So we went out to France, and this song was everywhere. Everywhere. That's crazy. I went to France around the same time when that song was huge. That's what a coincidence. Yeah. Did you do you remember hearing the song at all? I remember seeing the music video for the first time in France. And okay. I remember like them being like a little bit of a build up. It kinda had that thriller vibe where it was like a short film kind of thing. Yeah, so, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So this song got to the number one on the Billboard Hot One Hundred in America uh, when it came out, but I this song is always gonna get stuck in my head too. So I'm sure a lot of people listening to this right now hate this because they're all gonna just this is gonna be stuck in their heads i think uh what's the there's a word for this kind of song it's um it's an earworm an earworm how gets, soon in her set do you think she throws to this i think it has this is a must in fact you know what we're gonna do this a little bit later on the show we are gonna go through some of the different songs that i think that she's gonna play oh bangers she has um, a whole bunch i i can say with almost certainty what her first song is going to be. I can say with almost certainty what it's going to be, but What's I will. Are you gonna, you I'm, gonna, gonna, I'm gonna save it. Gonna say, gonna, that's it. a little tease for you. Maybe it. we'll do that at like seven, uh, seven twenty or seven thirty. All right. She has so many good songs with Drake. There's Serbia so many. Your favorite. I mean, 
She does have great songs with features, um, but I love the just the singles where it's just her, and this is one of them, and this is this is a banger. This song, if you put this on in a bar, winner. It's a winner. It kind of everyone just kind of thinks back because like. I was in middle school, I want to say, when this song came out. So, like, 2008, so I would have been about 11. So, maybe I was entering middle school or I was at the start of middle school right there. But this is one of my favorites by Rihanna. Performing the Super Bowl. I think this one's going to be in the, the act at some point. I think it has to be at some point. But this is Rihanna, Disturbia, your song of the night on Black and Abdallah. isn't stuck in your head. Or maybe it will be. I wanna rock! Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. We'll take all your calls and talk more Super Bowl with you. Coming up next, 312-332-3776. Black and Abdallah is back in two minutes. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago.